Not worth the time with Wade Taylor. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Not Worth the Time. I'm glad you guys decided to come back and listen to me ramble. This this is it, man. This is the last one of the decade. That's right. We're, we're rounding out those and going into the 2020. Uh, are you guys ready for the perfect vision jokes at the office this next year? Woo, you got 12 months of hearing that shit. Ugh, it's... Uh, so much of people just walking around your office just like, like we got, this year we have the perfect vision for 2020, and we're going to make sure our business sees it perfectly. Like, fuck! So many bad pitches like that. That's going to happen to so many people, and I, I, I feel for you guys, because you can, you can see the writing on the wall. And even if you didn't, now you're aware of it, and now I just purposely annoyed you for that. What a decade, though, right, guys? Have you guys had a good decade? Everybody always like, you have a good week, you have a good holidays, but nobody talks about that you had a good decade. Yeah, I had. I think the decade for me was uh pretty good. You know, uh, a lot happened. It's uh crazy to think like ten years ago, I, I was just graduating high school. It's wild. Um, and a lot's happened in this decade. I went to college. Um. Which was one of the most fun experiences ever. A lot of people, I think, uh, enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, Don't enjoy the debt. Would have probably made some different decisions about that. But who knows? I don't know. Now, college was a wild time. Um, I think one of, like, the biggest things. I just, like, thought I'd use this podcast to, like, go over, like, things that have happened to me in this decade. Like, uh, one of them... One of the biggest things I think that happened to me was like, um, in this decade I was actually forced, forced is the wrong word, but had to come to terms with the fact that like I had to kind of give up on my childhood dream. You know, I originally went to college to play baseball, um, was a decent athlete, at least good enough to go play at. You know, not not the highest level. wasn't a Division One baseball player by any means, but I went and played. And uh, but like, you know, I only did it for two years, and I was came to the realization, hey man, maybe it's time for this to just kind of be done, and maybe it's time to move on and do something different and actually uh, go get. It. That's the only reason I probably stayed in college. Is I went and played baseball for two years. Already spent two years in college, and was like, well, I guess I might as well stick this out and get a degree. Uh, otherwise I might have left, but I had to come to terms with that. And that was like a, that was a, that's a pretty hard thing to do when, um, it's something you like, you loved your whole life. You know, I think about that more, not as much as I probably should. I just kind of, I accepted it pretty quick and I probably didn't handle it the best, to be honest. I drank as soon as I quit playing baseball. Started partying hard because you were like, oh, I don't have responsibilities except just going to class. And, uh, and here's the little dirty secret about college. You can do it pretty much hungover and be fine. Yeah, dude. I took tests like hungover from the night before, man, and aced them. I'm probably the exception, not the rule, guys. Just, you know, you got to learn yourself. Learn your body. You learn your body. Learn how to be responsible. Make sure you get your shit done. 
but it was a tough thing to because like uh, I wanted to do play baseball and like you know you, as a kid you all everybody who plays a sport I think who at least like uh, passionately plays it like there's a lot of people who play sports who hate it um, but they do it until their parents finally say yeah you don't have to do it anymore but like. I wanted to play pro baseball so bad. That's all I wanted to do. And then, like, just bam, I'm done with it. And it's just over. But uh, I made the right decision, I think. It was, uh, it was either, like, I just wasn't going to get the investment back that I was finally putting into it. It was time to hang up those things and stop beating the shit out of my body. That's the, like, dirty secret, man, is, uh, like, you see in any of these college sports because – it's a necessary role, but you're not – you putting on the role, you, it has to be absolutely worth it that you're just helping contribute. You have to be just totally fine with not really getting much at the end of it. And that's just like being like a practice dummy. Like I, I, I can't imagine some of those guys who are like on the practice squad for like college football teams. It's like you're never going to get a chance to play – Every year they bring in elite freshmen who are just, like, so good that they play right away that even though you've put in three years, like, you think, I'm finally going to start my senior year, and then some freshman comes in who is just – even though you've put in all this work and you're three years older and you've put in the time, you've been in the gym, and just naturally this person's better than you. And then you got to sit the bench for that next year, and it's like you put in all this work. Um, but some people are cool with that. They're cool with this, like, I'm going to, you know what, as long as I can make the team help. And I was fine with that in high school, definitely. I, Dude, I was, that's what I was on my base, or on my basketball team. I was just the fucking dude. I played, but, like, I was the dude who was going to go in and be, do the dirty work, man. I didn't give a shit. I remember telling my coach that. I was also such a dirty basketball player. I told this on a podcast one time, but I like I dude, I was such a fucking piece of shit. Throw fucking elbows into people's ribs and shit. <laughs> like, I'll never forget, like we're playing one school and this dude and me were just going at it. It was just a physical battle down low in the post between me and him. And I was a small post player. I wasn't a five, I was like a, a four. And um so I just like but I still had to like work down on the post and this kid's like two inches taller than me, he's a big kid, and we're just going at it, and, like, I remember we go up for a rebound, and a jump ball happens, like, so I got my hands on the top and the bottom of the basketball, he's got on the side, and we're both holding on to it, and the referee blows a whistle calling a jump ball, so it's like, okay, whoever possession it is, it's going that way, and, but, like, we don't let go, we're, we're both just trying to fucking out alpha each other so hard, and this kid, it, like, pushes me down into the fucking backstop, like, the little padded areas uh, behind, underneath the basketball hoops. And I just, like, because he pushes me down and, like, he's kind of got his back now uh, to the referee. So the referee can't see me. And I take my bottom hand off the top of the bottom of the ball and just fucking uppercut him in the gut to get him the fuck off me. And, like, he went to the ref. He's like, he fucking punched me. And, like, the ref's like, whatever, get the fuck out of here. He didn't call anything on it on me. He didn't. But, like, as I was, like, 
a dead ball happen later, like two minutes later, he right off like, "Hey, I saw what you did. You better knock that fucking shit off." My like, oh man, my bad, man. And he's like, "I let it slide because he definitely fucking didn't started that first. I'm like, "All right, well, cool. At least you're not like, like, gonna be one of those guys. They normally they always get the guy who retaliates, but they let me slide. Yeah, but it would just um, it became part of a point where it wasn't worth that to me. Like when I got to college and baseball. You know, that's the crazy thing is like you're an elite you're I shouldn't say elite, but you're a great player in your high school for your high school team, like your starter. I started uh all uh, three years on varsity and then all of a sudden uh you get to college and like yeah, you gotta work for your spot again. And those guys are just naturally better and then uh so you go from being like that to that and it's a fucking hard transition. And I tried to accept the role and I did. I did my part. But um, then it became is like after the two years of going into the junior year, and they were like, "Hey man, you're still gonna be. We just need you to catch bullpens." And it's like, so I gotta fucking beat up my body back here, in the not even in the hopes to play. And I wasn't even getting that much in scholarship, so it's like there's nothing worth it here anymore. So you just go out. And you just gotta no one hang it up sometimes. But that was a sad thing for me, like giving it up in my. Uh, in this decade for that. But I think one of the coolest things is I found something to kind of replace that. Um, cause I was lost after college for a while. Like went part, you party so hard in college and I probably was in a lot of ways trying to hide like the fact that I would kind of felt like I gave up. I felt like a failure, felt like a failure, gave up on that dream. And, uh, next thing you know, I'm drinking a lot, going to class, I'm getting things done. Um, and I remember this, like, in college, thinking about this. I found I saw there was an open mic night when I was in college. And uh, so many times I thought, oh, man, I should sit down and write some jokes and go to that. And I just never did. Never got, like, I, I just too uh, involved in <laughs> wanting to party. And, like, that's just, that was a culture on our house, man. The house I, I, I lived in for three years in Ames, Iowa. Woo, we had some good times there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, I, But I never took the time to sit down and write jokes. And then I went and started my job. Got a job out of high college. Didn't like that. Quit that job. Um, got another job. And it was going well there. But I still didn't feel fulfilled. And I felt kind of empty. And then I remembered I always kind of wanted to try stand-up. And I finally went and did it in 2016, man. That was a year after, yeah, a year after I got out of college, I started doing stand-up. It's fucking wild, man. Fucking wild. And then so I just, and then like I found that passion. And that's kind of just taken over. I've, I've, I really put in a lot of time and effort into it. And that's what's crazy is like I started doing Who Gives F. I hope you guys, if you listen to this podcast, you probably listen to that one because this is how you probably found that. Or you found this podcast from Who Gives F, probably, or going to punninggame.com. Who knows? One, I don't know. You found it somehow. But then, like, I started doing that with Nathan just reviewing uh, Game of Thrones in, like, 2015. And all of a sudden, we started doing that. And then I got into podcasts. And I was like, well, I'm doing one. Maybe I should listen to them. And I started listening to all these comics and stuff like that. And they kind of uh, pushed me in a direction to go try it. Next thing you know, here we are, man. Running this website, 
we do this, me and Jake do a video game comedy series. I meet a bunch of people. They get on the website and start producing their own podcasts, and we're all trying to help each other out. I meet my friends who've done so much in the just the three years I've known all these people, like with comedy shows they've built up. My friends just opened up his own comedy club. But multiple friends of mine just partnered together and opened a comedy club in Des Moines, Iowa. That's nuts. It's crazy. Like, that all happened in this decade. And I got to meet these cool people. I met so many people. um, And great people are now just in my life. And it's pretty fucking amazing, man. It's been a hell of a decade. It's crazy, too, to think about, like, the people who are here now that you... That weren't here just 10 years ago. Like, like I got out of high school, and there's people in my life now that weren't here. My friends have children now. <laughs> That's wild when you think about that. They, they didn't exist. They weren't even on this planet. And then now they're here, and, like, they're a part of my life. I send Christmas cards and shit to them. You know what I mean? And I get Christmas cards from them. It's wild, dude. It's And it's cool that you get to share those moments with people, especially, like, the ones you stay in contact with because – over those ten, these ten years, you've lost. I've lost contact with people. There are people I just don't get to talk to anymore. But that's uh, you can think about that, and you learn from those things, and then you um, continue to grow. And that's what I hope this next decade is: is just growing and uh, getting better at everything I want to do and setting new goals. Um, I've already been trying to think about new goals I'm setting. I didn't hit nearly as many as I did in 2018. Uh, 2019, I, I kind of, uh, I set the goals pretty high, um, and I didn't quite make all of them, but that's just how it is. And that's good though. Cause now I'm like, okay, now you have, that's where this bar is. I still grew in everything I tried to do, but, uh, now it's like, okay, well now you can try to hit those again. And that's what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to make 2020 a fucking great year, dude, especially for comedy. Uh, there's some stuff in the works already. We got like the, the podcast realm right here. What we're doing with punning game is doing well. Thanks. All thanks to you guys listening. We're, we're doing fantastic. And it's, uh, it's weird. I haven't really told a lot of jokes yet. Well, I told some stories. You got it. They're funny. Uh, but like, it's, it's been a wild decade and I just kind of felt like this would be cool to reflect on that, you know, um, been weird it's hard to think that i'm 28 years old and what's gonna be crazy is maybe i'll can listen back to this in like at in 2030 and be like whoa <laughs> to 38 year old me will be like damn 28 year old me was stupid <laughs> man he he wasn't thinking big enough and I'm, as i'm sitting in like a uh like a space comedy club <laughs> As I'm getting ready to headline the 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 improv on the moon, <laughs> man, he well, t- 2019 Wade do nothing. He doesn't even know. And I'm up there like, what's the deal with these craters on the moon? <laughs> they said there'd be a government base up here. They lied. The conspiracy theorists. I don't know why t- uh, 2030 uh, Wade it just becomes Jerry Seinfeld. That's what's going to happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's my uh that's my arc as a comic apparently in 2030 I just start doing Moon Jerry Seinfeld. I become the Moon Jerry Seinfeld. 
uh, people start just spreading out across the galaxy and just do Jerry Seinfeld on all the other moons. So there's a, there's a Jerry Seinfeld knockoff on all the moons of Jupiter and shit. <laughs> there we go. We're back on track. Welcome to Not Worth the Time, guys. But seriously, thank you to everybody who's like, uh, help start. As we've been doing, um, who gives that for almost three years now? website's been up just a, about that long now it's it's nuts it's been a lot of fun um and uh thanks for everybody who's ever come out to a show or uh and come to an open mic thank you guys anybody who goes to an open mic just to hear comedy like not even like go and try just they just like hey let's go try this thing out and go check out open mic night comedy you people are fucking heroes because not only do you have to sit through that but you're nice enough to let us try in front of you and like it's tough man like i go to three or four mics every week and it's it's tough i i I know sometimes i'm like why is anybody listening to me but thank god for you people you guys come out and allow us to do that kind of stuff and it's been great so thank you to you guys but you know we've learned a lot in like i this uh decade so uh we're gonna there's some things that i feel like we need to be reminded of and that's why i found a list of things it's eight it's called eight lessons that you should take into 2020 so here we go let's just go over it the first thing is it says find your own voice and use it well, I don't have to tell you guys that I'm already doing that. You're listening to me talking to a fucking microphone. <laughs> and I was like, podcasting, that's what I'll do. Um, so that's that's their first one. That's pretty obvious. They talk about, like, a lot of... This thing says a lot about being, like, an influencer, which, if you can at all cost people, don't, don't be... Don't try to become an influencer. I think the people who become influencers that are the most effective are the people who are just like, hey, I just want to put this message out here. You can tell when somebody's like, I want to be an influencer. It's like really forced and it doesn't have this genuine passion. You know, like The Rock is a perfect example, man. That dude oozes like positivity and all that stuff. And it doesn't feel disingenuous. Like, it's not like The Rock is putting that shit on Instagram because he's like, yeah, no, I have to do this now. He's like, he genuinely wants to hope, hope and expire hope and like create a positive day for people like that's what's cool about the rock so like if you want to just put out the positivity and the the message you want in the world like you just do it naturally don't aim to do that and like make it your business or brand i guess but what do i know maybe that's like the way to do it i don't know here's one that got me on this list privacy is the most important thing one of the thing one thing about joining social media and post updates about a new job or photo your dog and another when it's fine when the fine print reveals how much your data you're passing along to that company yeah so it's like like that was the craziest part about this decade is the amount of people who had like data breaches and then like you also found out like uh i'm, I'm part of that group like you didn't think about like the fact that like you, they're tracking your behavior like they're literally by sh- just liking and sharing and all that shit and like what pages you 
do uh, subscribe to and all that shit. It's all being tracked, and you never thought of it that way. You're just like, cool, I'm getting information. And then you realize they're selling it all, which is crazy. But then, like, all the data breaches. I forgot about this until I looked at this thing. It's like Target, Adobe, Equifax, Capital One, U Yahoo, Marriott. Like, so many of these giant places that so much data, like, uh, like just all of it's out there now, like, floating around on some kind of dark web thing. And then you got things listening to you. Now, I can't... I've complained about things listening to us, like the phones and stuff like that. But I don't think I can do that anymore, considering I just talk into a microphone all the time and throw that out there. Well, maybe I can. I still think I can. Like, I, I put out what I want to be out there. I can't tell you how many times I've started a podcast and then gone, this thing is going off to real slippery circus. And that's what I do. So uh, it's it's crazy the amount of di thing you're putting out there. Digital voice assistants are the new best friend. Uh, yeah, see, I don't trust those things. Do not uh, don't, don't fucking don't don't put those things out there, man. Um, this is a cool one though, but it's also like the same. It's funny. It's like your privacy. This list kind of weirds me out because it talks about like privacy. Like make sure your privacy is the most important thing. Also, digital recording assistants are your best friends. So like Siri and Al Alexa, those are your favorite things to use. Don't don't trust those things, man. They're not your friend. And then it's like your health in your hands, and then it talks about like the cool. Things about like uh, the Fitbits and the smart watches and stuff. I guarantee you sooner rather than later, and it might already be happening, somehow like uh, insurance companies are going to get their hands on like those like Fitbits and uh, like I think the DNA kits for sure they've already started testing that like they're using to like help with your like insurance costs and premiums and shit like that. But they're definitely going to start using, like, those fitness bands. Like, like, people who are, like, super fit and stuff will get lower insurance payments and shit like that. Which I think is a great thing. But it's also weird that, like, you just give that data over. I guess if you volunteer, like, hey, you could get a lower insurance rate if you give, it, if you give us your information. But a lot of people... I don't think they do that. I think a lot of times, like, they just somehow get it. And that seems very, very sketchy. Don't believe whatever you read on, everything you read online. I think this podcast has explored that idea enough this year. So let's just keep on going. Uh, reality can be flu. What the fuck does that mean? In 2015, absolute technology made room for interpretation of a striped dress. Okay. Uh, oh, they're talking about that blue or the gold or the black and blue dress. I remember that. Um, the, 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 the language, oh, that Yanni and Laurel thing. I remember that. Jesus. Um, wait, it fil filters for Snapchat and other apps can play with your facial features, making them appear young and old. Yeah. So you just gotta be, but that's been the internet forever. And speaking of that, that's what they're also saying. The internet is forever. Indeed. Just got to remember those things. Yeah, like this podcast, we're living in for me. So, yeah, I mean, there's a couple things on here that are pretty good. It's a lot of technology-based. Because like, let's be honest, over this past decade, technology is what has dominated the past 10 years. It's like, uh, 
that's the other thing. Like I remember, I've, I've gotten off like Facebook in the past. Like I got a Facebook in the past ten years, and then got rid of it in the past ten years. I think I was on Facebook for a total of like four years, probably, because I I dis uh, deactivated it and reactivated it within like like there was like a weird time span between that, and then eventually I just deleted it altogether because I was like, this shit sucks. So, um. Yeah, get it. So, uh, yeah. But those are some lessons you just need to take into this year, man. You know what? And, like, uh, I don't know about you guys. I don't like going out on New Year's much anymore. I like to, like, take a, take a back seat to things. So uh, I tried to find something that would help everybody. Like uh, something, that, an alternative list. Because that's one thing. We've just started exploring too much on this podcast. But it doesn't matter. We're looking at the list. And this is nine last minute things. Now this article is from 2017. But I'm pretty sure they all still apply. Uh, the first one is called have a game night. So you just invite over a bunch of friends. You know what I mean? Get, get real weird. Get some get some wine, some cocktails flowing. And you know what you play? You play Cards Against Humanity. Or adult apple for apples or apples and apples is it apple two apples what the fuck ever that game is but it's just you play cards against humanity and find out who's the worst person and you have to drink while you play cards against humanity because it lowers your inhibitions and you can tell a lot about the real people inside dude i learned way too much about my own mom when i played cards against humanity with her and my friends like we, I think this happened on New Year's like a year ago, uh, or two years ago or something. We were like at my parents' house and we we're playing Cards Against Humanity on like New Year's Eve, and we're all fucking hammered. My mom threw down some of like the most hard hitting, like just foul things, like to make jokes. And I was like, God damn! And I was like, Well, I get now why I'm fucked up. Dude, my mom has some crazy takes, so that's what you want to do. And, uh, Enjoy a takeout extravaganza. Find a last-minute reservation at a cool restaurant on New Year's Eve. Probably not going to happen. This is what I'm reading. Uh, so you just want to, you know, get some different places, man. Go to, You order Chinese food, pizza. Um, and you know what? You don't even have to stick with all the places delivered now. You got, like, DoorDash and, or um, what's that one Australian one? Uh, what's the fucking thing called? Postmates, that's what it is, because uh, it has mate in it. I just got why that's an Australian started company. I think it's an Australian started company. They have like the three stars. I'm probably just like projecting, but I thought that's what it was. Anywho, but like you don't even have to stick with just pizza places or Chinese places to like order in or whatever. You can get it from anywhere. So you can get like Postmates from McDonald's, Taco Bell, um, that super fancy restaurant that you couldn't get a reservation to probably. I mean, you can fucking kill it with that game. Yeah, just pig out. You know, because uh, you might as well. Because, you know, in January, you're hitting got that New Year's resolution to get that gut down. So, you you should just use the takeout one. That's probably the one I'm going to do. I'm just going to... New Year's Eve, I'm just going to pig out so I can get... And then I'm like, okay, now it's time to get in shape. Yeah. And then you'll hear me read... <laughs> a shit ton of uh of those health blog things that I find all the time <laughs> and make fun of. Find local fireworks. You know what? Fuck. Okay. Here's a problem I have, right? Now, this says find local fireworks. Fine. 
that's fine. Cool. Fireworks are cool. Everybody likes fireworks. You like them after a uh, championship game. You like them on the 4th of July. It's cool. It's fine. Here's my problem. Can we all as a society collectively agree to never record video of fireworks ever again? There's no fucking need for it. There's already a ton of them out there. There's probably a three-hour compilation of YouTube of like the best firework display. We don't need any more video. And your video will suck compared to whoever like professionally is trying to advertise their fireworks show. You don't need it. If you need to like show that you were at a fireworks show, just go grab one from YouTube then. But we do not need to record them anymore. You know how many people I know who still have firework videos on their phone from like literally seven years ago i have i'm guilty of it i have a flip phone in a drawer somewhere that definitely has firework videos on it why who knows i was stupid and i hate myself that i know that i did that well i was never gonna watch those firework videos who the fuck watches a firework video when's the appropriate time to watch that there is none you don't have an appropriate time for you to go watch a firework video what I can't watch it, and it, like when I'm bored, like oh, I I ran out of data on my phone. I guess I'll just go see what videos I have. Oh, maybe I'll, I'm in an airport, so I'm bored and I'm out of data, so I'll just watch this firework video. Oh, I forgot my headphones, and I just play a video of exploding, flashing lights, and like the explosion just causes a giant panic in the airport, and all of a sudden I'm getting tackled by security. This shit's going haywire. Good God. Yeah, just go to a local fireworks room, but no, no Snapchat posts, no Instagram, no Facebook, no uh, Instagram. I can't wait till I become like somewhat known and have a decent amount of followings, and somebody finds this podcast, and then I just get flooded with firework videos. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, go tag me in a firework video right now. <laughs> Oh, man, guys, it's that time. It's the last time this year where we're going to help somebody find their lost true love. That's right. Here we go. This one coming from Louisville, Kentucky. It's very attractive front desk at my hotel. Wow, this guy's attracted to furniture, you guys. He's attracted to the front desk. He's like, my God, I've never seen such a voluptuous front desk. Ugh. The curvature in that Marriott M. Oh, yeah, fonts get me off, especially when they're in faux gold. Uh, that's this guy. Um, <laughs> you were you work at the hotel I'm staying at? Well, obviously the desk lives there. It's been put there. It's cemented in. It can't go anywhere. Uh, you're a beautiful brunette woman. Ah, okay, he's talking about the woman, or is he? Or is he putting a gender on this desk? I'll have to read farther. Maybe he's gendered, putting a gender on this desk. Okay, let's find out. Um, I have seen. I have seen each morning and wondering if you see this. If you would like to talk, or come to my room during your shift. First of all. That that's not gonna happen. That's the most unprofessional thing ever. No front desk worker is gonna leave her post. What well, someone's gotta check in, and then she's talking to you in the bedroom. It, it like 
That's the creepiest part about. I think that's why, like, when you invite somebody up to a hotel room, it's like the it, it kind of seems creepy or very sexual because it's literally just walking into a bedroom. And like they they've tried to dress them up now. Like they had some couches and like a little foyer and maybe like a little. But it's it's mostly just a bedroom, and the bedroom's very personal. Even if it's not your bedroom, that's a very personalized bedroom. So it's it's creepy, and she's not gonna risk her job to come talk to you on her shift. She'll she probably have to wait out after her shift. And even then, I guess like maybe you're thinking uh, the only thing he could be thinking is like, oh, this shift's going on, so maybe I need to. Uh, she'll come. It won't look as weird because she can't come after hours, like not at work. Like the other front desk workers be like, what are you doing here? It's not you're not on the clock. Oh, I'm just gonna go talk to this guy in his room. I'm sure there's some fucking ethics against that. I love your sweet smile and your incredible eyes. Why is it ever... You could probably say that. I've said those lines to people before. You can say it and it sounds complimentary. Anytime you read it, it's creepy. In text format, it doesn't look good. Even over like actual text messages of somebody you actually know pretty well, still seems weird. Also, he wrote, I love your sweet smile and incredible eyes, and then put two exclamation points after it. So it reads, I love your incredible smile and incredible eyes. Like he's just yelling it. That's uh, terrifying. Uh, please email me uh, so we can figure each other out. Well, <laughs> this e this uh, Craigslist posting has told me, and hopefully if she does find it, a lot more about you, and she doesn't want to let you know anything. Put your, the hotel you work at in the subject line. If you are right, I will respond with my room number. <laughs> so, guys, all you got to do is start guessing. He doesn't. He just needs a brand. Every, we need to just, like, bombard this guy's email and just be like, uh, Marriott, uh, Hilton, uh, Four Seasons, uh, Motel 8, uh, <laughs> just, just shooting them all, guys. Motel 6, uh, Super 8, that's the one I was thinking of. I combined Motel 6 and Super 8. Um, we just, uh, don't flood this guy's thing. Don't do that. Don't find this. Uh, if you're right, I will respond with my room number. So if you, if you want to see me tonight, wow, he is really trying. This is from 18 days ago. I'd love to see a follow up to this. But here for a while, uh, also, we can make our nights a lot of fun. Please respond ASAP, dude. I, it's so funny to me. It's like that desperate. Like, you thought this girl's attractive enough. She's at the hotel desk. Like, just go ask her. Hey, what's your shift over? And she said that. Well, you can't. Even. It's like this. They think like posting it to Craigslist and like the person finding it is like a weird form of consent. Like it's like less creepy. And maybe it is. I guess like if you went probably to somebody who was at their job and was like, "Hey, would you like to get a drink when you're off your shift?" They probably feel like uncomfortable and think you're gonna stalk them afterwards. Rightfully so. I can get that. It come off a little weird, especially when he's yelling, I love your sweet smile and incredible eyes. Yeah, you, I would definitely probably not want that guy to come up and ask me in person for a drink either. I'd rather him go to this and then me never know he was trying to pursue me. Uh, uh, you win some, you lose some. Guys, thanks for an incredible year here at Not Worth the Time. If you want to support the show, go give this 
a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to it. Give it a little, you know, five-star review or whatever. Give it a three-star review. I don't know. Maybe you think it's average. I don't know. Give it whatever you think. Um, but also, if you want to support the show even more, uh, go to punninggame.com and go to the Punning Game shop. Buy yourself a not-worth-the-time hoodie or T-shirt. I got the hoodie on right now. They're super comfy. I love them. Um, yeah, don't forget to use promo code NWPOD. That's NWTPOD. Uh, for free shipping at checkout. Also, check out all the other amazing shows we have at punninggame.com. Uh, like I was mentioning, the other one I have with Nathan, not, uh, Who Gives F Podcast. Then you got Nathan's No Rational Thought. You got The Grove. You got Monster Jamboree, things about stuff. It's all there. Lots of great stuff. And we all appreciate you guys checking out our shows and checking out the website. Um, it's been a great decade, guys. I hope you guys ring it in a great way, and I hope you reflect a little bit, and hopefully you all feel like you're in a better place than you were 10 years ago. So with that being said, don't forget, we got